The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome, dreamy friend, to Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. This is the place where we uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of your soul, the beauty of who you are. So I am so excited today. And before I get so excited that I forget to tell you the phone number to call in if you have a dream or dream question or dream aha, epiphany, what have you, the number is 816-251-3555. And let me ask you this question. Do you sense something missing from your life? Hmm. If so, it might be your magical child, the voice of your very soul tugging at your skirt, demanding or maybe whispering for you to open the door to your imagination and bigger story for your life, a life that might take you out of your comfort zone and would bring you to great joy and allow your unique gifts to be realized and shared with the world. Yet, how do you reconnect with the lost childlike parts of yourself, that awe, that wonder, imagination, and spontaneity? that opens you up to what truly delights, soothes, and fulfills you. So today on the show, I have such a great trick or treat for you, emphasis on the treat. Dream shaman and my personal North Star in the realm of dreams, Robert Moss. And we're going to talk today about how to open the door to the magical child within you. And he's got all kinds of goodies in store for you. And I'm just going to let you know right out of the gate that there is a big event that Robert is going to be sharing with the universe. And I highly recommend that you go. It's it's on the Shift Network. It's called Reclaim Your Magical Child and Become the Shaman of Your Soul. I have to say that again because it's so great. Reclaim Your Magical Child and Become the Shaman of Your Soul. I took the liberty of making a tiny URL so that you can find this easily. And the tiny URL is tinyurl.com Robert Moss Dream Shift. So tinyurl.com Robert Moss Dream Shift. And that'll take you right to the page. Otherwise, the URL is too long and scary and you might get lost. So tinyurl.com Robert Moss Dream Shift shift and you will find all about this amazing event and Robert will talk a little bit more about it in just a moment but before we bring him out I just want to invite everyone to turn within let's do a little quick baby centering prayer because we are in the season of the witch right now on the edge of all of Halloween all Hallows Eve is now and well I guess tomorrow and I'm in the middle of a fire I'm evacuated It's a little crazy and beautiful and wild. So let's just take a few breaths for a moment, wherever you are. And let's just excuse all that windy breath noise. Just let everything go as much as you can. 
And with the wonderful breathing that you're allowed to do that happens autonomically without you even having to think about it, but let's think about it and go a little deeper or a lot deeper than we otherwise would. Let's let our breath blow away the smog or, or any distraction, anything that would take us out of being fully present for the life-changing wisdom that is in store for us in this hour together with Robert Moss as our dream shaman guide. And with these breaths, let's just make some room, make some bandwidth so that we can breathe in our openness, roll out the red carpet to the magic, to the wisdom, to the love, to the beauty, to the magic that is always here, but we just sometimes whiz right on by it. Too busy, but not now. We're open. And in this unified field of unconditional love of which we are all in together, connected at the hip, like, like facets of a diamond, we are absolutely connected and yet shining completely uniquely Let's just remember that we are connected and where one is shifted and uplifted, all are lifted. Where one comes into the beauty and the magic of their inner child, it creates a giggling atmosphere for all of us to remember, meaning put back together our inner child with our very accomplished and skillful adult selves. But we need this inner child. We need it. If we're to have magic and technicolor in our lives, without it, life is just a game of survival, barely. Today, seat belts and just put your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care because it's going to be wild and wonderful and perfect. Whether you're listening in real time, right before Halloween, this will get you into the spirit of Halloween or whether it be any time of year. This is, it's always time to go deep when I bring Robert Moss onto my show. I'm so grateful. So in ah, just the spirit of infinite gratitude for all that brings us together today. Thank you, Unity Online Radio, for all your wonderful support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, dreams, to all of the wisdom you bring to us every morning, every night, all day long. And for so many things I can't even name, I say, thy will be done. And so it is. Amen. A woman. Ah, dreams. Ah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Nancy T, are you there? I sure am. And I know you've I been exploring the realm of Robert Moss and reclaiming your magical child is not a problem for you. So <laughs> you're like at the helm of that ship. But I know that you've like kind of looked through some of Robert Moss's books and you found something that you wanted to wanted to share with us. So in lieu of reading the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle card today, we're going to read a little Robert Moss. So take it away, Nancy T. All right. I, you know, there are so many titles that Robert has written that I could do the backstroke through them and be just so happy. But we chose, <laughs> in in light of the time of year, The Dreamer's Book of the Dead, A Soul Travel. Mm -hmm. And this intro, it's just a short intro, The Pioneers of Death, you have to hear. It says, in our lives, there are those who have gone before us to the other side and returned to tell us or show it what it's like. And those who have always been at home there and choose to communicate with us. I call them pioneers of death. Mm 
The pioneers of death who are most eager to talk to us and instruct us are often departed family and friends. They include beloved animals who have shared our lives. I, I think of my black dog, Kipling, who has so often appeared to me as a guide on my travels through the borderlands, mm. the liminal territories between the physical world and the other world since he was killed on the road in 1986. In my mm. adult life, other loved ones who have shared my life and returned from the other side and called me there as pioneers of death have included both my parents and my favorite professor from the student days in Australia. The pioneers mm. of death in your life or mine may include the ancient ones of the land who sometimes come through to us or call us to them because we are mm. living or traveling close to their homes. They may be the ancestral dead or the other world beings that the Irish call the she or gods and elemental spirits of earth, water, fire, and wind, or all of the above. I think of the ancient Huron Mohawk woman of power who called me into mm. her realm when I moved to the borders of her ancestral land, whom I celebrated the dreamways of the Iroquois and whom communicates with me still across time and dimensions. Wow. Oh my God. So much more to share there. And everything that you just read just opens up a thousand questions, but wow, Robert Moss, you are amazing. So without further ado, Robert Moss, welcome to Unity Online Radio Ask Dr. Dream Show. Thank you so much for making time in your world travels to be with us. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Nancy. I enjoyed breathing with you. <laughs> Thank you for breathing with me. I know oh, the spirit yeah. comes through in the breath. So yeah. we are absolutely connected. Oh, so this is like the perfect time of year to talk to you. I mean, any day. 365 would be my 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 pick but if i had to pick one day of the year it would be right here right right on the edge of halloween well, so it is an edgy is... time it's it's a liminal time and i mean in america yeah. it's dress up time and you know go and play, play trick or treat time and all of that's fine but actually in most world cultures it's taken a little little, little bit more seriously i mean this is the time mm. when you know that the gates between the living and the dead are wide open and you're ready for visitations and communication but you're a little bit more careful about it the people who just carve faces and pumpkins and dress up as witches tend to be because you know that it's the real and you know you need to set some kind of boundaries in a time that is actually pretty much unboundaried mm. it's also it's also the turning of the year i mean the celtic calendar Samhain is it's the start of the it's it's the turning of the year we move from the light time into the dark time and this is actually the start of the year as we start at the dark time we go forward the earth is denuded it's laid bare it's naked and we we renew ourselves i won't talk about putting out the fires in california that that would be a good thing mm. to do wouldn't it i mean traditionally mm. you put out the fires this time of year i wish we could do that for california and you start yeah, again. So it, it's it's mm -hmm. a time when when visitations, contact between the worlds, between the realms, is supposed to be very easy. The veils between the worlds thin. So it's a particularly good time to think about how we see beyond the veil and how we encounter beings that live beyond our ordinary reality, including our ancestors, our deceased, and other things that might be looking at us. <sighs> I could just listen to you all day long, Robert Moss. So before we get into the magical child, because I can feel the magical children in all of us just like, Mimi, I want to play. Uh, uh, uh. So they can play. I don't want them to have to wait. But I want uh, I yes, wanted you to right. just say something about the departed loved ones that come to us in dreams. It seems like it's one of the most common questions that I get asked. Yes. 
And it seems like it should be, yes, you know, I believe I have my beliefs about what it means when they come through, but you've written a whole book on it. So <laughs> tell well, I us. Hear, I, hear, I hear a child voice saying very in, in, in excitement and agitation right now. I told you I was talking to grandma and you didn't believe me, but I was. <laughs> I don't know who child this is. This is not little Robert, but I hear a child. Maybe it's connected to someone listening to the show, jumping up mm. and down because the kids are excited. You've got the children excited, uh, Kelly. I hear a child jumping. I'm saying, Look, he's talking to mom, probably. I told you I was talking to grandma and you wouldn't believe me. Grandma presumably is deceased. I mean, children mm -hmm. sometimes being more psychic and more intuitive and less blocked than adults, sometimes they're the real receivers, they're the real mediums, the natural mediums for the deceased. So let's talk about this for a moment. We're all psychic mediums in our dreams. Everybody is. And we all have access to the departed. It's not weird. It's not strange, it's not uncommon, it's not unusual at all. Why do we have access to the deceased who are alive somewhere else? Let's understand that. The dead are alive somewhere else. Yeah, they don't have physical bodies, but they are alive somewhere else and they can appear, appear as if they have physical bodies. And for that matter, they can know pleasure, pain, all the rest of it. Why do, do I do have access to them, particularly in dreams? Well, there are three reasons. This is terribly simple stuff. First of all, they might still be around. And that might be okay. Grandma stayed around because she thinks we are clueless and need some guidance from her for a year or two. <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or sometimes it's not okay. They stay around because they want another cigarette or they want some more sugar or they've got unfinished <laughs> business. But they might still be around. Number two, they come visiting. And they call on us for all the reasons we call on each other in regular life. And then some, one of the reasons they come visiting is they want to show us that there's life beyond death. I'm alive. I'm okay. They want to continue in connection with the family. They want an update from us. They want healing, forgiveness, all sorts of things. So they come visiting. The third reason, Kelly, is in dreams we go traveling and some of the places where we travel are regions where the dead are alive. We simply do it. We may not understand what we are doing. We may not remember the dreams at all. And sometimes we do remember the dreams. We may not understand that school, that university, that hospital, that place of pleasure and entertainment, that rehab center, are actually places on the other side where the dead are alive and we are moving amongst our departed and we didn't even realize mm. it. So in those three ways, because the dead are still with us or because they come calling or because we travel to their realm, we are liable to have contact with people who are no longer alive in this world or alive somewhere else any night, any day of the week. It's not, I repeat, not strange, not weird. Once you realize what's going on, you probably want to say to yourself, well, what do I want to do about this? Do I want to clarify what grandma was trying to say? Do I want to sit down in the corner and imagine she was there and maybe put out a picture or a cookie or a cup of tea or something she would like and say, grandma, tell me more. That would be a good thing to do quietly around mm. Halloween, by the way. You know, forget the dress up Ooh. stuff. Just Ooh. if you're thinking about your departed, thinking about your ancestors, just set up a very simple, sweet, easy, personal ritual. Just sit down with a loved one who's on the other side and assume that she is available. Just put out some things that remember her and that she would like and just start the conversation and see what happens. Do you mean like an ofrenda in Mexico? Uh -huh. Well, it could be like that, but I think it can be very informal. You don't need to do it with a lot of ritual. I mean, if grandma liked to drink tea, put out some tea. If you like to drink sherry, mm. put out sherry. Put out, put, if you like mm. to smoke cigarettes, we'll put one out, not for you, but for her. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and just imagine that you can have the conversation, be ready to record what comes to you. I mean, there are parallels to this everywhere. I mean, there are parallels oh. in Mexico. 
the Egyptians used to write letters to their dead all the time. So there are many cultural traditions that support this. But I'm in favor of minimum ritual and doing it in our own colloquial way, a way that feels natural to us. I love that. It seems like something that in that involves a sense of smell, at least for me. I, I when I smell my my grandpa used to always eat butter rum lifesavers. And that oh, smell, whether it's in some other candy uh-huh. or maple, he had a maple um, tobacco that he would smoke yeah. in his pipe. And I'll, I'll, every once in a while, I'll get a whiff of that, even if there's yeah. nothing around. But if I want to talk to him, I feel like I just need to bring that in. But I loved one of the things that you just said I want to highlight, because I think I think that there might be a misperception that when we're dreaming and departed loved ones come in, they're coming to us almost as if we're laying there like a welcome mat just kind of passive and then they come to us but i love this notion that it it is us that sometimes bumps into these realms where they live we slip through the door and we enter their realm so it's not just a one-way street it's a multi-wayed intersection that that happens in the dreaming Right. Shall I tell you a personal story about this? I would. I would love it. Yes. You. 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 On, on these matters, you can't trust anyone who does not have first-hand knowledge. Let's be clear about that. We require first-hand yep. knowledge of these things. Everybody listening resonates <laughs> with that. Actually, we all right. want our own way to find out for ourselves how this works. And if we think we've got maps of the afterlife and so on, well, don't use a map from you know 50 years ago. Hear from somebody who's recently travelled the road and can tell you whether there's construction or a change of you know a tra- change of route number, etc. So. My father was a very important educator for me in what happens after death. He died in Australia more than 30 years ago. He came to me with urgent messages to the family after his death. I was able to pass on really supportive information to other family members, help my mother get to the right place to live in for the last years of life using his information. Then he started guiding me on his transitions through the afterlife, showing me different places, living different things he was doing. So now he's inviting me to go with him and see his environment Mm. on the other side. And then a certain point comes when he says, basically, well, that's it, Robert. I've made a certain life decision. He told me what it was, what he's going to do next. I won't be seeing you the same way. Bye-bye. So bye, Dad. Mm. Then three years ago, a long time after we'd stopped traveling together like this, I'm drifting in the hypnopompic state. You're between sleep and awake. You're not ready to get Mm -hmm. out of bed yet. You're drifting. And I'm up on a high rooftop and think, oh, good, I can get perspective up here. Sometimes on a high rooftop, I meet a slightly higher self. But my father is there looking good, looking young, and I'm shocked, not because he's dead. I know he's dead, but because he's broken it off. He's going to do something else. What's he doing in my half-awake state in a sort of um, rendezvous point? He's not exactly in my house, and I'm not exactly where he is. We're somewhere in between. As soon as I recognize him, I'm right in front of him. He puts his finger on my upper lip, and he says, go to a doctor and have that checked up. And I do. I <gasps> what I thought was a mole that had been bleeding, so I'd been shaving the, gen- the physician, my general medical, physical notice, nothing. I've got a spot of skin cancer. But, you know, <gasps> something easy to take care of with some plastic surgery, mm. et cetera, if you do something about it. But I wasn't doing mm. anything about it. So I had, the, I had stuff done. And when I had it fixed, I raised wow. a glass of single malt scotch. My father was a Scot by ancestry. And I said, thanks, Dad. 
So my dad mm. came back, wow. meeting me in a sort of halfway house to give me a medical mm. warning. That's one of the things the dead can do for us if they still care about us. And I think he made a heck of a journey because he still cared about his boy and wanted to give him some life-supporting information. Oh, I love that story. Okay, so this brings me to this question. And Nancy T., I hope this is okay. Um, I know, Nancy, you've shared that your dad passed a while ago. And you're mm. like, where are the dreams? Where did he go? Like, not a lot of not a lot of dreams about dad. Um, am I speaking out of church? No, to, no. And actually, well, your... I, at the very beginning, I did have quite a few dreams, but they were not good okay. ones. They were all him saying things like, you know, I really didn't love you. Um, <gasps> you're right. You're right. I didn't love you because I had this oh. feeling that was the case. So that I heard many times at the very beginning when he first died. Oh, mm-hmm. so Robert, what do you say about that? Well, that's I mean, not a common. It, it, any, any, any reality is a transitional state. I mean, any reality is a bardo state. Whatever dad's attitudes in the first stage after death might have been, they're going to evolve. He's learning. He's going, he's going to go through a process of education. He's going to learn from other people. He might even go through some full-fledged form of higher education and rehab. His attitudes might change. I wouldn't push this. I mean, I would assume that at a certain point, he's probably, if those were his attitudes, going to feel the need for some healing and forgiveness. And I'm going to be available if that moment comes to share in that moment of healing and forgiveness. I'm not going to push it. If I feel for some reason that I just can't let it go, I need to do something about it, I can picture myself writing him a letter, writing him a letter saying the things I need to say and doing that simple ritual of sitting down in the corner and imagining that he is available and having the conversation with him. A more radical thing, not radical for me, but more radical in terms of how people normally approach dreams, would to be embarked to embark on a conscious journey to find him where he is and have a conversation with him. I wouldn't attempt that without first invoking guidance and invoking guides who can bring healing, blessing, and protection for both of us. As a matter of fact, that might be my, mo- my, my next step. I might ask, I might pray for the right guides, the right guidance to become available for him and to me also in relation to what we need to understand of each other. Let me say this very briefly. One of the things that goes on after death is that the dead try to get their stories straight. They try to understand the real story of the life they left. Uh, Yeats, taught, Yeats, with poetic clarity, talked about dreaming back, looking over the life you just left, and basically trying to understand the story you just lived. It sounds as if Dad was going through one stage of his reappraisal or his appraisal of the life he'd gone, maybe hadn't evolved very much in his thinking, maybe hadn't moved to the understanding that maybe he needs some cleansing and healing and renewal, etc., and rehab. Maybe that's what he needs, but maybe he'll reach that point. So these would be ways of approaching it, but I think probably the, the most important thing I would do in the heart, out of the heart of love and out of the heart of understanding that healing and forgiveness are available across the apparent barrier of death is I would ask in a respectful way, in a prayerful way, for guides and guidance for him and for myself in relation to our situation. Mm. Wow. So it's not Nancy, you becoming the, the parent of, of him in some way, becoming more of the adult asking for prayers for him. How does all that land on you? Well, it's very interesting. I recently did hear from, um, it was a psychic who had been talking. My daughter just had two babies. They're twins, obviously. And um, 
they said that my dad was around and he was very happy that one was named after him because one of them has his middle name and it made him very prideful and very happy. And it just, so I just was, I was, I've just been, my relationship with him since has been, you know, whether or not he loves me, I'm, I don't know that I care as much as I love that he loves them. And that's what has been shown to me. Um, and so, you know, I haven't really thought about him saying those things in a really long time, but he hasn't said that in a really long time. So I, I, I think he's right. You know, I think you're right, Robert, about maybe there was a progression in, in his thinking because it's not like he's still visiting, Ooh. just letting me know. There's, there's, <laughs> there's usually things. a progression, Nancy. I mean, people don't change all at once just because they're dead, but they do change right. eventually over time. And when they can look at things with a larger perspective, I mean, in a way they can step into the divine comedy, looking at life from a larger perspective and a comedy perspective in the sense that a comedy is something that comes out well. That's what the word originally means. Comedy comes out well rather than tragically. So it might be if he's drawn to the twins and drawn to the family and feels love and joy and the happy pride that one is named after him. It might be that he's looking in and it might be that this is an opportunity, as I say, just to sit down in the corner with a glass of whiskey mm -hmm. or whatever he likes and say, hey, Dad, I hear you've been around. Want to have a talk? I've got a few things I'd like to say to you. Maybe you've got mm -hmm. a few things to say to me. I mean, that might work. Mm. Oh. All right. I'll give it a I shot. That okay. can't hurt. So it's the right time so of year to do it. Right. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so Rob, just um, before we go to our quick break, but just because somebody dreams about a departed loved one, is it always a visitation? Like, for example, could these dreams that Nancy was having, could it be the the father aspect of her um, that that's that's working something out? Is it necessarily? Well, it could be, and I mean, psychological him. types are always going to go down that route, and there's a popular idea that everything in the dream is an aspect of a dreamer, and that's a game that's worth playing up to a certain point. But I would say, by my observation, having talked to and worked with thousands of dreams involving the deceased over many years, that 95% of them are transpersonal. In other words, they are dreams of that person, um, someone who has died. It might be a visitation, but as we discussed, it might be that you are drawn yourself to a place where that person is at home, or it might be that they're sitting in the easy chair watching TV in the middle of the night in your living room. So, you know, mm -hmm. we can call it a visitation, but it might be something else. But I would say, I repeat, in 95% of the cases that I've looked at, um, it is a transpersonal encounter with the deceased. Mm, and I, and I, I, I mentioned the reasons why. This is not weird. This is not strange. What is really weird or strange from the point of view of most human cultures over most of our history is we spend so much time ignoring the simple fact of the matter, which is that encounters with the deceased, and indeed encounters with other beings, other humans, other dreamers, go on in our dreams all the time. It's transpersonal, mm. not simply personal. Most cultures have always understood that. So the voice that you've been listening to is Robert Moss, and we are talking about the dead, and we're also going to be talking in this next part of the show about the magical inner child. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back in just a few moments here on the Ask Dr. Dream Show on Unity Online Radio. Practical Spirituality positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
dream interpretation, and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to the Ask... Ooh. Wow, can you guys hear me? Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio, having the most fantastic conversation with Robert Moss. He is the author of so many books that will make your head spin. One of them, the one that we've referenced, Nancy T. read a little... The Book of the Dead, A Soul Traveler's Guide to Death, Dying, and the Other Side. One of my favorite books is Dreaming the Soul Back Home. And oh my God, there's just so many books. And we just go to Amazon, Amazon.com um, and look up Robert Moss's page and buy any of these books. But one of the one of the things that we're promoting here today for him is his newest shift network program. And um, we're talking about the magical child within you and um, I have a tiny URL for it. The, sh the name of the program is Reclaim Your Magical Child and Become the Shaman of Your Soul. And the link is tinyurl.com forward slash Robert Moss Dream Shift. Robert Moss Dream Shift. And he also, of course, because he's got so many things up his sleeve, he's got a program coming up on November 23rd through 24th. It's a live program, I believe, and Robert will give us a little more information. It's called, it's on ancestral healing and dream archaeology. Nancy, this sounds like it's up your alley. And that, I made a tiny URL for that so you don't get so lost. It's tinyurl.com, ancestral healing dream. Again, that's tinyurl.com, Ancestral Healing Dream, and that's coming up November 23rd through 24th. It's Ancestral Healing and Dream Archaeology. With this um, event that he's doing with the Shift Network, which is always fabulous, the work that he does there. He's done so many programs at this point. That URL is tinyurl.com, Robert Moss Dream Shift. And I also want to let you know, if you've been thinking about joining Nancy T and I in Teotihuacan and also Shez Libby, we have the discounted rate up until November 1st. So you've got two days to sign up if you want to save a pretty large chunk of change. I think you save like 250 bucks. And it's a really well-priced event, by the way. Anyway, next year we're going to probably, I don't know, double or triple the cost because we yeah, it's pretty bare bones, but it's, you get so much. You stay at the beautiful dreaming house right next to the pyramids in Teotihuacan. We do dream circles and lots of work. And some people say it's like 25 years of therapy in five days. <laughs> That's my experience. Every time I go, whether I'm attending or facilitating, it's, it's so powerful. So I hope you go, if you're feeling the tug to start 2020 with 2020 vision, Join us in Teotihuacan, and you can go to my website, which is kellysullivanwalden.com. Scroll down about halfway down the homepage, and you'll click on the big Teotihuacan banner, and boom, there you go, and you'll find out all the information. If you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, just email me at kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com. Okay, so Robert Moss, I am trying to get situated here since I'm in a not normal place. So forgive all the booming sounds. Um, I'm in the middle of a fire evacuation, so I'm staying at my yes. friend Joey's place. Yes. I've got I'm my dogs roaming that. around. 
Thank you. Well, as we speak, I still have a home. My home is intact still, but we are in, it's like not post-apocalyptic mode, but it's like pre pre-apocalyptic yeah. mode because like we've got everything is yeah. like shut down all drapes are down all furniture on the outside yeah. is you know it's just it's it's really an exercise and kind of embracing the angel of death you know all of this mm. stuff is on loan anyway so mm. might as well use it i don't it. think i'd blame <laughs> the angel of death for this situation actually let's be careful <laughs> about that i can think of some corporate angels who might be held accountable oh. <laughs> we might be more specific than that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I know it's so funny. We're all looking for someone to blame. It's like who's mm. do who's do, and you know yeah we could we could go there, but we'll try to try to take the higher road. Although it's, maybe it's, let's it's, just take it's the probably magical. an impossible thing to think about right now. But a question I ask myself whenever anything goes wrong is. Is some gift or some opportunity going to emerge from this situation? I mean, California is burning. It's horrible. Good yeah. people are losing their homes. People are being yeah. you know, thrown out of joint by it. It's terrifying and it's bad. But in the yeah. long haul, is something good going to come out of it? Is some actual cleanup and correction of the situation yeah. going to take place? I hope so. I mean, that's, that's not an automatic optimist point of view. It's just the hope that when something reaches this peak, of trouble and difficulty, maybe finally it will mobilize everybody who has a brain as well as the heart to get things right. Right. I I agree. I agree that, yes, there's something beautiful that can always come out of it if we're open to finding it. And believe me, I'm open. The sooner the better. Bring it on. Um, right. But in the, but I feel like let's oh I want to remind remind everybody if you have a question we've already got some callers lined up here. If you have a question for Robert Moss about Halloween, dreams, dreams of our departed, about the magical child or any dream related question at all, Robert Moss is he's like I said before, he's I can Kelly, say Kelly, I must I don't must say, I don't know about you, but I feel the magical child, my child cells are getting very impatient. They want to speak up at this point. Can we do something okay. about that? Let's do it. That's so where you began. We went off into realms of the dead. And of course, a magical child started saying, I told you grandma was talking to me. <laughs> I mean, I will say this. Anybody, yeah. any, and I'm speaking to anybody listening and anybody who comes into the ambit of this show, you know, if you ever feel you don't have enough imagination, joy, juice, or energy, you do. You have yeah. it available. And you have it available in your own inner child, your magical child. The problem is sometimes in life, we are separated from our inner child, the great imagineer, the magical child, by circumstances in life. I mean, in shamanism, we talk about soul loss, and everybody understands viscerally what that means. You suffer pain, you suffer trauma, you suffer abuse, you have to make a difficult life choice. Part of you checks out because it doesn't want to be around. The world is too cold. The world is too cruel. So that part of you goes to live in grandma's house or in a garden behind the moon or somewhere else and it's not with you. So one of the first tricks in life to live fully and juicily and be all that we are is to make sure we have reopened the path to the magical child. And by the way, if you are bereft of dreams, if you're going through a dream drought, if you haven't been connected to your night dreams for months or years, it might be. Indigenous people would say this certainly. It might be because you lost the beautiful, bright dreamer in you. She went away. 
she went away because she didn't like it. You weren't enough fun, you weren't safe, so she went away. So when we call back our dreams, we all actually might also be performing what shamans call soul recovery or soul retrieval, bringing back a vital part of their soul. And that's why I say you can become the shaman of your own soul because as you reconnect with your dreams and bring them home, you will find you're bringing back aspects of your younger self. So how do we approach all of this? Well, memory is one of the ways, trying to think about what our child self really loved doing. I mean, dancing in the woods, the tea party with the dolls, eating a certain mm. cake, riding the trains. My boy self loved trains. He was a train, a train <laughs> aficionado. He'd get on the train lines in Melbourne, Australia, and ride the trains to the terminal and get the little timetables they had at the end of each line. Back in that period, he'd play with model trains oh. onto the floor of his bedroom. So every time I think about trains, I'm feeling in contact with him. And I have similar strategies for bringing back memory and energy and joy and imagination from other aspects of my boy self. I think about other boys who like different things, and I try to do something that they would enjoy to make them feel that I am fun as well as safe to be around. So, I mean, this is the beginning of wisdom in terms of living with more imagination and creativity. Your inner child, your magical child, has all the imagination you need and can bring joy and juice and energy into your life, but you do have to establish that you are safe and you are fun. There are shamanic things you can do in shamanic dreaming to go and connect with younger selves. We can talk about those later at this time and if it seems to be mm. the right direction. But that's a, that's an mm. opening statement, let us say. Oh, my heaven. boring for the kids who are listening in. Oh, I think, I think not. I think this is absolutely juicy. My inner child, all of a sudden I started to remember the dolls I used to play with. And even yes. these, I remember I used to love to go to the shoe store because they had yes. this little kid's playground and there were these weird little wooden characters that you could play with. And I loved those. And I just remember yes. those. I haven't thought about that in, uh, I don't know, since I was five. <laughs> so just talking about that, just having a Could you find one of those? Could you find a wooden character like the ones you remember? Oh, my God, I might have to raid a shoe store. I don't know. Let me give, I, let me, what you're thinking about, let me give you an example from my life. Recent, I recently, I was leading a journey for people to meet the magical child. I took them to a certain kind of door in a wall. It was a very simple exercise. We're using shamanic drumming, so it's a wide awake shamanic lucid mm. dreaming assignment. And I go through the door in the wall, and I see some young Roberts. Great. And then I see a 14-year-old I hadn't thought about in ages. And I suddenly remember, oh, this kid, bless him, he spent a boring, hot, Summer vacation from school in Canberra, Australia, a dry city I disliked as far from the beach and all that kind of thing. He spent a long vacation typing a novel with an old standard typewriter. Wow. He would bang out 10 pages a day. My, oh my goodness, God. I thought, I'd love to connect with your energy, your discipline. I haven't had that kind of discipline for ages. So <laughs> as I talk to you now, Kelly, I'm holding in my hand a miniature mm. standard typewriter made for Dolha. I could, I, I, funnily enough, the day after the adventure, I found a, a full-size standard typewriter abandoned on the curb. But my house mm. is full of stuff. I didn't want to bring it inside. But I'm sitting right now with my token, my talisman of connection with my so productive, so created typewriter, typewriter tapping 14-year-old boy. I'm holding the miniature typewriter and I'm wishing and willing his energy and imagination to be with me as I embark on some new book project. That's an example oh. of how this might work. That is that is incredible. Um, I the other the, so this is direction. I hope you can address this. 
I was having a conversation with someone and they said something that I don't think they meant anything, any harm by it, but somehow it punctured me. It really hurt my feelings. Mm. And mm. I noticed it was like all of these doors in my heart within one mm. second, shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. It was like a thousand doors just shut down. Mm. And immediately in my mind, like, and this happened in seconds flat, I imagined mm. never talking to them again, moving on, changing. My whole life changed in a blink of an eye because of this very innocent comment that they made that wasn't even meant mm. to hurt. Like it was, but it's just because this person's so special and important to me. It, mm. it had a gravitas and, but I noticed that I was observing, oh my God, that was fast. And then five minutes later, later, Dana was doing something and I snapped at him and I knew, okay, mm. that punishment or that crime didn't deserve that punishment. So my mm. child self is locked away in a dungeon. I need to get mm. her back because I can't live this way. So I had to, I let myself mm. just cry and cry and mm. cry. And then all of a sudden I felt her come back. So it feels mm. like there's something about how to maneuver or manage when the little girl or little boy gets hurt, mm. like, how, do you have, is, what well, do you have yes. to say from a shamanic yes. perspective? Well, well one, one of the great secrets that I've learned and offer to other people in my practice, which I call active dreaming, it's my name for my original synthesis of shamanism and dream work. Yes. One of the things that I have learned is we are, we are time travelers in our dreams. We do that in the night anyway. Maybe you've noticed you see the possible future. You travel to the mm -hmm. past, past lives, earlier stages in your life, parallel times. Okay, we're doing that every night anyway. Even if you haven't woken up to it yet, you're a time traveler. We can become conscious time travelers and we, in, within our present span of years, within our present lifespan, and we can do this. I know we can do it. We can travel back in lucid dreaming, if you like, in shamanic journeying, if you like. We can travel back or in meditate, deep meditation, if you like. We can journey back to a younger self in a place of difficulty, hurt, abandonment, betrayal, even worse situations. As our adult self who is the mm. survivor and has maybe learned a few tricks of life, we can go back to that younger self. And to take your example, Kelly, we can put mm. a, a shield, an aura of invincibility and good humor around that child right. self so she won't be hurt so much that phrase that statement will bounce off it won't touch her and all those doors will not close or they will open i mean that would be a very simple exercise i mean it might it might not work but as a constructing an exercise it would be very simple for me in my mind if it's my story to picture myself going back to that to that second grader as my adult self and being the coach, the cheerleader, the mentor that she needs, putting my energy around her so she won't feel the pain and the hurt the way that she did, so it will bounce off her, and keeping her open to all the other good things that are going on and making her well aware. This is just one of those minor incidents. Don't be overwhelmed by it. You're going to get through this. Everything's going to be fine. And as I say, we can do this in much more extreme situations. I've seen people go back and be the healer and mentor and protector of that younger self maybe this intervention doesn't change the facts of the situation, but it changes the emotions around it. It puts people on a different track. And sometimes when you go really shamanic about it, you travel back with an ally, for example, great mother bear right. is a great ally to take if you're going to try mm. and connect with the younger self. Mm. When great mother bear is with you and wraps her great arms around you and your child self, and you're all together within that embrace, things become much easier.
Oh, and this is one of the things I love about you because I feel like you always expand the playing field. And what's happening here isn't just about what's literally here. We can we can go, I mean, like, for example, this this ouch that happened to me, I could use that as a launching pad to bring in my dream allies. And maybe, I don't know, sometimes I just, I just say, all right, all y'all, all my dream allies help. <laughs> 10,000 of you. I mean, I need, this one hurts really bad. So I, I need actually, everybody. I must, I must say, Kelly, the very first class in the new online course, no, we're not talking about the free event this weekend, but it's followed by a 12-week okay. deep, deep oh, uh, school of yes. imaginal healing thing. That, that This is the intro. In the first class of the course itself, it's called Enter the Cave of the Dreaming Bear. You go in mm. there singing our bear song. You meet Great Mother Bear. You have her with you. You're going to find it much easier to connect with other aspects of yourself and to deal with health issues and so on. We put you right shamanically in the embrace of Great Mother Bear and what a great ally she is for life. Oh, God, that's so wonderful. All right, so tell us more about this event. And I know we've got some some time to keep talking about the inner child, but people are going to want to know. Well, it's a free, it's a free a video. Free event. It's, pretty good. it's a pretty good deal. You get an hour of me, and we're not just talking. I'm actually offering some simple exercises. I'm offering the door in the wall exercise, exercise that led me to reconnect that 14-year-old boy I just talked about. You'll be invited actually to step through a door in a certain wall and be in a magical garden where, with talking animals and, and a wise counselor and access to your inner children who can bring you that mm. joy and imagination. And you'll learn about what it means to be the shaman of your own soul and gather your own parts together and not hand over your dependency to the psychic medium or the shaman. There's great role mm. for an authentic psychic medium. There's a great role for an authentic shamanic practitioner. We can do a lot more of this for ourselves than we sometimes understand once we become awakened dreamers and learn the techniques that I'm offering. So this is this is an introduction. It's going to be followed by a 12-week, really spectacular course called the School of Imaginal Healing, in which we use the, use the, we learn to use the creative imagination to manifest our heart's desires, live more creatively, and heal whatever needs to be healed and made whole. So that's what that's what lies on me on the horizon. Let me mention that the event in, in, in late November you mentioned the ancestral healing workshop. That's a live workshop in Berkeley, California. I'm coming to in California. Berkeley. It's a nurturing Ooh. location around the corner from all the funky boutiques and restaurants on Fourth Street, and uh, mm. people have a really good and deep time. Will Jane Carlton be connected to that? Oh yes, Jane. Jane is my coordinator for the Berkeley oh. workshop. So Jane will be there, mm. and Jane is one of those, as you probably know, mm. who has gone mm. back to a younger self and helped her through trauma. She went back to a fourteen-year-old self who was burnt very severely in a kitchen fire, and she helped her through that right. trauma. And she believes, and I believe, that she actually was able to help a younger self get through a very difficult passage in life with the intervention of oh. the wiser and older self who was the survivor. Mm, so that's another benefit to going, I need to figure out how to get myself to that. Ancestral well, Healing welcome. and Dream Archaeology, November 23rd through 24th in Berkeley. And the easy way to find that is tinyurl.com, Ancestral Healing Dream. That's the URL there. And then for the Shift Network program, it's tinyurl.com, Robert Moss dream shift so i hope that simplifies it i hope everyone i'm going to up get up and start stuff. singing tiny dancer in a moment 
<laughs> hold me closer. I used to think it was hold me closer, Tony Danza. Well, then, you know. tiny URL, tiny URL. I'm going to get up and start dancing to singing tiny Danza. Seems to go with it. Hold me what closer. fun. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, Nancy T, I know you've got a question about a dream. I know we've got some callers and I'm being very selfish, hogging you all to myself, Robert. But Nancy, I want to see if there's anything that's percolating for you before we continue with more magical child stuff and, and anybody that's calling in with their questions. Nancy T, are you still there? I think we should definitely get those callers on the phone because they've been oh, so my patient. Heavens. Let's, let's okay. get them. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Yeah. I just want to try to make sure I don't cut off Robert. So hold on. Let's see. Denise, is that you, my Denise? Welcome to Ask yes, Dr. Dream. Me. All right. I've got Robert Moss. So if you can, because we've only got a few minutes, laser in your question, if you'd be so kind. Well, I had a, a another dream, but um, I'm going to do one because he's on and I've, I've been listening to him. So I'm going to talk about another dream. I'll call next week about the dream I was going to talk about, but I'm going to okay. talk about the one with... um. My, you know, I lost my father in oh seven, oh eight. Of course, I I cry about the man, mm. like he just passed last week. But anyway, I had a dream. Um, he left me his wallet, or I got the wallet when he died. I mm. went to a psychic, and she even said, you know, your father, your father wants you to have something, and it's brown and it's leather, which I thought was kind of strange because there's no way that lady could have knew that I had mm. the brown leather wallet. I didn't even co-sign that. I just thought to myself, there's no way she could notice, but she did. Anyway, long story short, um, I had a dream that I was going over a bridge, and it was a small bridge, and it was a lake underneath of it, just not, not a lot of water. And then all of a sudden, the bridge split, and the wallet, I evidently had the wallet, and the wallet went left, and I went right. And and it was almost to the end of the bridge. So the, the wallet, I guess, got immersed in the water. I'm going right. So, of course, I can't jump left. In a dream, I couldn't anyway. I don't even know what my mode of transportation was. But the bridge split, and the wallet went left, and I went right. And I've been trying mm. to find some unclaimed money. And I thought that was <laughs> his sign of telling me, don't look for the money no more. It's gone. I don't know how to take it. I just never really got the dream okay, analyzed, well, but I we have, have the wallet. Let's, well, if, let's it's my, if, it's, if it's my dream, it's more interesting than the money. Sorry about the money, but no. it's a moment of my separation from my dad's energy, from, from my dad's presence. The wallet in the dream is no longer simply the physical wallet. It is an analog. It is a symbol for his energy body. By the way, we survived death in multiple vehicles of consciousness. And I see the wallet with its leather, with its skin. I see the, bo the body as a part of dad that has survived death and might have stayed close to me for a while after death, but is now separating out and going on its way because he belongs in one realm and I belong to the other. And for me, that understanding of the dream is quite satisfactory. Dad is on his way and it's the right way. I'm on my way and we'll meet on a different level. That's what I'm thinking as I listen to the dream. Wow. Mm. Wow. What an interpretation. Wow. Wow, that's <laughs> That's beautiful. That feels really good to me. If it were my it feels dream, good. it I... feels right. It feels as if we're both our ways have split. 
We can come together mm. on a higher level. There's still love between us, and he can get messages through. But we're not going to be tangled up with each other. That's something that sometimes happens after death. We remain tangled up with the energy of our dead, and even if there's love, it's a wrong situation. So I'm glad that Dad's skin, because the wallet is skin, right? It's leather. It's going its way, and I'm going mine. Wow. Wow. I just think it's an interesting little synchronicity worth noting that this is the third father on the other side dream that we've talked about today. Nancy's, Robert's, and and now yours. So this is I, um, Denise. So I think this is, I don't know, there's something here, I think, when threes happen. So Robert Moss, in just a, we just have a couple minutes here. Is there anything else that you want people to know about their inner child or about how valuable it is to to get to become this safe place where your inner child can feel safe to roam and reveal itself to you. What do we get from having that inner child back in our hearts and in our bodies? Well, it's more lives? a question of what we've lost by not having that child around. We've lost mm. our ability to play. We've lost our spontaneity. We've lost our creativity. We've lost the joy which comes from doing something for its own sake. Have you noticed how when you are playing or when your child self is playing, mm. you know, it, it's not yet turned into a win-lose kind of game or competition. You're doing something for the sheer heck of doing it. I'm having a doll party because it's fun to pour the tea for them, have conversations with them. I'm <laughs> riding the train line to the terminus because it's what I like to do. I like to feel the wind in my face. I like to get the little mm. timetable. Nobody can understand why I'm doing it for its own sake. Now, this is the essence of creativity, to do what you love and not worry about the consequences. And in adult life, we might think that's impractical, but I'll say this to you. The great trick in life, as I understand it, is to do what you love and let the world support you. So let's not miss out on doing what we love. And the child in mm. you loves certain things you might have forgotten are really important and really fun. Do those well enough, and you might find the world is bringing you adult rewards as well. Oh. My inner child loves your inner child and your inner adult <laughs> and your inner shaman and your bear and your and your the wild witchy women, whatever you are. I just love all of you, Robert <laughs> Moss. Thank you so much for bringing your inner child to the party, the tea party today in the sandbox of dreams. And Nancy T, I love your inner child and your giggles. And Denise, thank you for sharing your dream. And thank you for all the fathers that have joined us and the mothers that are out there as well and this is so wonderful to talk to you guys in the spirit of all hallows eve and robert moss is the best place to go to get his shift network program and it's free it's coming up it's tiny url not tiny dancer tinyurl.com forward slash robert moss dream shift and for his in-person event it is tinyurl.com ancestral healing dream sign up for our teotihuacan journey we just have two days to get that special price thank you for joining us everyone until we meet again next week don't take your dreams lying down and may your most wild and wonderful ones all come true sweet dreams thank you for listening this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. 
contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.